All right, welcome for those of you who just tuned in to our Bible study. Thank you for joining us online tonight. We're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. And I was just talking to our congregation here about people that have been encouragers to them. People that have been uh, instrumental in their life at a crucial time. They've been an encourager. Here's what I want you to think about regarding those people. Those people were more than likely very kind and very good to you. Right? Just think about them. Those that were truly encouragers, they were very kind to you, they were very good to you. Tonight we're going to look at not one, but two of the evidences of God's Spirit at work in us. They are the fruit of kindness and the fruit of goodness. Let me remind you that the fruit of the Spirit naturally falls into three different categories. Uh, The first three categories we've already looked at, the fruit of the Spirit that's focused on our relationship with God, love, joy, and peace. And then we began talking last week about those next qualities that focus on our relationship with others. Last week we talked about patience. And tonight we're going to look at those other two in that second tier or that second category. Patience was last week. Tonight we're looking at kindness and goodness. Now, let me ask you a question. This, there's no right or wrong answer here. This is just, I just want to hear from you. Those online, you, you won't be able to hear, but I'll try to uh, pass on what they've said. Think about this question. Would you rather be known as a kind person or as a good person? And now, just think about it. And you, you, Tom, you can't do that. You gotta, would, would you, you got to choose... I'm not going to do this, but you know, if we had time and we weren't online, I might say, okay, all the kind people will go sit over here and all the good people will go sit over here. All right, that would be fun to see where you all sat and then we would vote. Are they lying? You know, are they, you know, just kidding. All right, so here's the, here's the idea. Would you rather be known as a kind person or a good person? Somebody talk to me real quick and tell me why, why you would prefer to be known as a kind person or you'd prefer to be known as a good person. Tell me why. Real quick. (laughs) All right, she said those online, she said kind, because Jesus said nobody's good, only God is good. All right? So we can't say anything else beyond that. We (laughs) you just blew my illustration, I pray. All right, would you would you would you like to be known as a kind or a good person? Just pretend Joanne didn't say anything. Just would you like to be known as a kind or a good person and tell us why? Yes. Okay. All right. So online, he said, those watching online, he said he'd prefer to be known as good because it would kind of overflow into acts of kindness, if I understood what you were saying correctly. All right. So here's my point. Whether you'd like to be kind or good, would you agree with me that both are desperately needed in our world today? Oh my goodness. Just get online, just get on Facebook for a few minutes or get on Twitter for a few minutes and see how desperately kindness and goodness are needed in our world. Uh, Would you agree with me that we live in a mean world? People are just getting, (laughs) people are just getting mean. I, I, I tried to look up today, I tried to look up uh, and I'm not going to recommend that you do this. I'm just trying to paint a picture for you. I tried to look up. I remember there was a story about a lady who got in a fight at McDonald's over chicken nuggets. 
And so I was trying to look up this story, and I found out something that was kind of fascinating, and it's also kind of frightening, and it's also kind of sad, that if you just type in, don't, don't do this right now, you may not even want to do it at home, but if, but if you just type in, fight at, fight at McDonald's, fight at Walmart, not only will you find a list of fights, but it says like, fight at Walmart 2020. These are the videos from 2020 fights. Fight at McDonald's, 2020. I mean, like at McDonald's, there, there, was a fi- uh, there was a huge fight over a wrong order. There was another fl- uh, fight over the chicken nuggets. There was another fight where a girl literally got pulled out of the drive through window. I- I'm telling you, people are mean in our world today. And here's, here's what I want you to understand. We can either get mean with them and get mean back at them. Or maybe we could live in a different way. Maybe instead of letting the spirit of the flesh take over, we can let the spirit of God. Perhaps that would be a better way to live. That's what the fruit of the spirit is all about. That the spirit of God living in us, living through us, responds differently than those who are in the world. So, I want to start with that first fruit tonight. The fruit of kindness. The fruit of kindness, the definition is an interesting word. Uh, uh, the, the Greek word here, look, look at the, this Greek word. It means tender concern for others. Tender concern for others. It's, it is the desire to treat others gently, just as the Lord has treated you gently. To treat others gently, just like the Lord has treated you gently. In precise terms, this word means a tender heart or a nurturing spirit. You have a tender heart towards someone. It is a genuine concern for the well-being of others. That's what this means. A genuine concern for the well-being of others. God has a tender heart towards us. God has a nurturing spirit towards us. God has a genuine concern for us. And we're to live in that kind of a relationship as well. And so I want to give you three aspects, if you're taking notes, three aspects of this gift, the spiritual fruit, rather, of kindness. First of all, and we're going to look at Scripture to look at all of these. First of all, I want you to see that kindness is not weakness. As I describe this fruit of the Spirit, you need to understand when we talk about kindness, we're not talking about being a weak person. Kindness is not weakness. Look with me in Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6. Look at verse um, 35. Jesus is speaking and Jesus says, But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High because, watch this, because He is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Let's just read that one more time. But love your enemies, do good to them. We'll come back to that word good later. And lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Watch this. Without expecting to get anything back. Kindness is not about, well, I'll treat you the way you treat me. That's not kindness. Kindness is is a way of expressing 
concern for someone else without expecting anything back. Jesus said, then your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High because He is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Aren't you glad that God is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked? I want to tell you something. I'm in that category. I'm in the category of the, of the unkind and the wicked and, and the ungrateful and all those kind of things. But notice what the word says here. It says, He is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. It doesn't say He's nice. Nice sometimes stems from ignorance. Some, nice sometimes means that I don't really know the truth about you. I'm nice to you because I don't realize who you really are. I don't realize how bad you really are. And I can be nice to you because I don't know the whole picture. Kindness, though, says I know the whole picture. Kindness says I'm aware of what you've done. But I'm making a decision to reflect the Father's heart towards you. Write this down if you're taking notes. It's not, kindness is not giving someone what they deserve. It is instead showing compassion, even though it's within your ability, to punish them. It's this desire to show compassion, even though it's within your ability to punish them. Or write this down. Kindness is always tied to mercy. Always tied to mercy. Let me show you this in Scripture. Uh, Titus chapter 3. Over to the right. Titus chapter 3. <clears throat> Titus chapter 3, verses 3 through 5. Watch this. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. Always describing our life before Christ. And he says at one time, this is the description of our life before Christ. Then he says in verse 4, But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, He saved us not because of our righteousness, things that we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal of the Holy Spirit. See, kindness is always linked to mercy. It's always God doing for us what we do not deserve. So kindness is not weakness. Number two, the next thing is this. Kindness is more of a disposition than an action. It comes from the heart. Here's the way I'll say it. It comes from the heart rather than the hand. Kindness comes from the heart rather than the hand. Let me give you three verses to write down, and I'll just read them to you. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 says, Love is patient. Love is what? Kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. Why? Because kindness is more of a disposition than it is an action. Ephesians 4, 32 says, Be kind and compassionate to one another because kindness is more of a disposition than it is an action. So be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ and God forgave you. That was Ephesians 4.32. Let me give you another verse. 2 Timothy 2.24. It says, And the Lord's servant must not quarrel. Instead, he must be kind to everyone. Able to teach, not resentful. Kind to everyone. Because kindness is more of a disposition than it is an action. Now let's go to the third one. Kindness is an expression of God's tender heart towards us. It's an expression of God's tender heart 
towards us. Now, we're going to read a long passage of Scripture. I want you to go over there with me. And I hope you'll be patient and read through it with me. Ephesians chapter 2. Apostle Paul writing to the church at Ephesus in chapter 2 verses 1 through 10. Really makes a great case about God's kindness towards us. And the way we should live. Ephesians chapter 2. Listen, We're going to read 10 verses so hang in there with me. And, and I'll show you the key verse. As for you. You were dead in your transgressions and sins. Again, referring to our life before Christ. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Paul said, listen, this is a problem we've all had. This is something we've all done. All of us, before we came to Christ, this is the way we lived our life. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. Now, verse 4. But because of His great love for us, God who is rich in mercy. There's that first clue. Remember I told you kindness is always attached to mercy. But because of His great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages He might show the incomparable riches of His grace expressed in His kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by work, so that no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Now there's so much that we could talk about there, but I don't want you to miss what Paul said in verse 7. It's underlined in red in my Bible. In order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace. Watch this. Expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. God showed us unusual kindness. Extraordinary kindness. Being kind will sometimes be costly. It was costly to the Lord. But it can be life changing. It was life-changing, of course, for us. When we, and that's what Paul is describing here. How our lives are different now because of the kindness of God expressed in Christ Jesus. That it was God's kindness to us that has brought about this change in our life. So let me ask you another question. What's the opposite of being kind? What word would you use to describe the opposite of kindness? Mean. Yeah. Mean, ruthless, cruel, hard-hearted. And you know what those words describe? Those words describe what happens when we walk in the flesh, don't they? Those are acts of the sinful nature. Kindness, tenderness, is what happens when we walk in the Spirit. When the Spirit of God is living in us and the fruit of the Spirit is evident in our life. So remember this this idea of kindness is this fruit it's not self-effort it's God's spirit living in us and I bet if you think about some of those people who were great encouragers to you, you it was somebody who was a true Christian it was evident that they knew the Lord and you could see the kindness in their life 
kindness was not self-produced. It was the fruit of the Spirit in their life. They were kind people because they knew the Lord Jesus and the Holy Spirit lived within them. So, that's the fruit of kindness. Now I want to go to this next fruit, which is the fruit of goodness. The fruit of goodness. And, and they are similar. That's why we're putting them together tonight. They are similar, but they are also different. And I'll point that out to you in just a moment. The Greek word for goodness, agath, I'll say it in a minute. Agathosune, it took me a minute. Agathosune is what it is. means benevolent and active goodness. Benevolent and active goodness. I would underline both those words. It's benevolent goodness, but it's also active goodness. To put it simply, when you talk about goodness, goodness is something that is put into practice. Or to make it very basic, goodness does. Goodness does. Remember we talked about kindness is is really a matter of the heart. Goodness is more a matter of the hand. Goodness does. It's the practical expression of your concern for the needs of someone else. Good people do things for others because it's not just a matter of the heart, that's kindness. Goodness is a matter of the hand that I'm going to do something to help somebody. Uh, trying to look, see if we have time to look at this. Uh, Genesis chapter 1, let's go there real quickly. We, you can find that one real quick, real easy. Genesis chapter 1, there's a fascinating study of this word good. In Genesis 1, you're well aware, I'm sure, that as God was creating the world, each day he stepped back and he looked at it and he declared that it was what? Yeah. Let's just read a few of those. You're very familiar with it. And God said, let there be light, verse 3, and there was light. God saw that the light was good and he separated the light from the darkness and God called the light day and the darkness he called night and there was evening and there was morning the first day. Skip down to verse uh, 8. God called the expanse sky and there was evening and there was morning the second day and God said let the water under the sky be gathered in one place and let the dry ground appear and it was so and God called the dry ground land and gathered the waters and he called the seas and God saw that it was good. And we could keep going through the whole chapter but let's just go to chapter 1 down to verse 31. It As Moses is writing this creation story. Again, he over and over and over says God looks at it and God declares that it is good. And then it says in chapter 1, verse 31, God saw that all he had made, watch the wording here, God saw all that he had made and it was very good. Now my point is simply this, he didn't declare us good, but he declared what he did was good. He created the, the day and it was good. He created the, the water and the dry land and it was good. And, he, and it says in verse 31, and he looked at all that he had done. You see that word? He looked at all that he had done, all that he had created, and he declared that it was, that it was good. You see, goodness does. It expresses itself, right? Goodness is something that expresses itself. God is good. The Bible, we'll look at that in a moment. God is good. That's who he is, but goodness is expresses itself and God expressed himself in creation 
And as God expressed himself in creation, God looked back at it all and he said, it's good. Now, with that word picture, here's the question for you. How are kindness and goodness different? Here's the way I would describe it. Kindness is what you feel in your heart. Kindness is what you feel in your heart. Goodness is about what you do with your hands. Make that distinction. The fruit of kindness is something that God does inside you, what you feel in your heart. But the fruit of goodness is more about what you do with your hands. Goodness is kindness coming to life. Goodness is kindness coming to life. Or if I could say it this way, goodness is an action. It's an action. Over and over again, God's Word associates goodness and being good with doing good. Now hear that again. Over and over in the Bible, the Bible associates being good with doing good. Something you do with your hands. Uh, I was thinking about the parable of the talents, Matthew 25. You don't have to turn there, but Matthew 25 is the parable Jesus told of the talents. And, you know, the servant or the master goes away and he leaves this money with, with the servants. And, for example, in chapter 25, verse uh, 21, the master comes back and he gets a report. And the servant says to the master, you entrusted me with five talents And see, I've gained five more. And Jesus said, the master then will say to the servant, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Why did he call him good? It was because of what he had done. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You see, my point is very basic, but very strong. Goodness does. And I asked you earlier, do you have any people in your life that were great encouragers to you? And one of the ways that they encouraged you, I'm sure, was not just with their words, but with their hands, some of you. What they did for you. How they provided for you. Goodness does. Now, of course, the most foundational truth about God is that God is good. That's not surprising to you, but we need to see it in Scripture in fact, we Baptists have this saying, I want you to help me, those at home, you've got to speak louder so I can hear you. But we Baptists have this saying, the saying is, God is good all the time, and all the time, how do you know that? We say it a lot, right? Let's say it a little bit more like we really believe it. God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. That really is Biblical. What does it mean that God is good? Write this down. I'm I'm just going to give you a little extra here. Write this down. The goodness of God speaks about His generosity towards us. Now, it's not limited to His generosity, but that's one of the the great, great characteristics of God. When we talk about God is good, we often are talking about His generosity toward us. The Bible repeatedly presents God in His goodness and that His goodness is kind of one of the core characters of God. Now certainly God is holy. Certainly God is just. Certainly God is love. There are some core characters of God. But one of the core characters of God is that God is good. Let me show you this in Scripture. Would you go to the Old Testament book of 1 Chronicles? Way over in the Old Testament. 1 Chronicles 16.
1 Chronicles 16. A little bit of a longer text as well, but I really want you to walk through it with me. 1 Chronicles 16, beginning in verse 24. Declare His glory among the nations. Speaking of God, the prophet says, Declare His glory among the nations. His marvelous deeds among all peoples. Notice His marvelous deeds, the things that He does. For great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the little g-gods of the nations are idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Again, emphasis on what He has done. What has come from His hand. Splendor and majesty are before Him. Strength and joy in His dwelling place. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of nations. Ascribe to the Lord the glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due His name. Bring an offering and come before Him. Worship the Lord in His splendor of whole, in, in the splendor of His holiness. And then He says in verse thirty, "Watch carefully. Tremble before Him, all the earth. The world is firmly established; it cannot be moved. The world He He has created. The world He has created is is." In, Firmly established. I was just showing Lisa last night. I don't know if you saw it. There was NASA put out a, a new picture of Jupiter, I believe it was. Absolutely gorgeous picture of Jupiter. I mean, I mean, stunning pictures of Jupiter. And I thought, the heavens declare the glory of God. What his hands have done. And this is what the writer is talking about here. And then he says in verse 31, Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let them say among the nations, The Lord reigns. Let this... Now watch this. Watch how he unfolds this. He's talking about the different aspects of nature. And the different aspects of nature should praise God. And guess what they're going to praise God for? What he has done. Look what it says. Verse 32, Let the sea resound. And all that is in it, let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Then the trees of the forest will sing and they will sing for joy before the Lord. For He comes to judge the earth. Give thanks to the Lord for He is good. His love endures forever. Writer describing all that God had done in creation. And he finally sums it up by saying, listen, just give thanks to God because He, he is good. I don't have time to read all of these that I've got written down in my notes, but let's go over for one or two more. Psalm 145. Psalm 145. Psalm 145, verse 3. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. Ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't matter how how big of a picture you've got of God, He's still a lot bigger than that. And then it goes on to say, His greatness no one can fathom. One generation will commend your works to another. They will tell of your mighty acts. Did you see what the psalmist just said? One generation is going to talk to the next generation about what you've done. Keep following. 
They will speak of your glorious splendor and of your majesty. I will meditate on all your wonderful works, all the things that you have done. They will tell of the power of your awesome works, and I will proclaim of your great deeds. Again, emphasis on what has come from God's hand. They will celebrate your abundant goodness. Your abundant goodness. They will celebrate your abundant goodness and joyfully sing of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in love. The Lord is good to all. That ought to be underlined in your Bible. There's not a person that God has not been good to. The Lord is good to all. He has compassion on all He has made. There's so many other verses we could go to. We just don't have the time to look at that. But this is the foundational truth that I want you to grab. God is good and if His Spirit lives in us, that fruit should be evidence. His goodness should be evident in our lives. So let me take you to one final verse. Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. We were there a moment ago. I told you we'd be back. Ephesians chapter 2. Go to verse 10. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Do you see to do twice? You know by now that when you see a word or phrase in a verse repeated, that's like a red flag waving saying this is real important. You need to make sure you get this. And Paul, in this text, talking about how we've been made alive in Christ. Paul says, God has a to-do list for you. And the to-do list is to do good works. Not to earn your salvation. But because of the fruit of the Spirit that lives within you. The fruit of God's goodness that lives within you. You should be living that out. Doing good things for others. Again, not to earn salvation, but because of who lives within you. So, in summary, the the fruit of kindness comes from my heart. And the fruit of goodness is evidenced from my hand. My kindness is, the fruit of kindness is God loving you through me, even though you perhaps, perhaps, are not always lovable. But it's God caring about you through me because God cared about me first. That's kindness. And then goodness is God helping you through me. God meeting a need in your life through me or through you because of the Spirit of God that lives within you. Because I want to tell you something about our Heavenly Father. He is kind and He is good. And if He's living in you, that fruit should be evident in your life too. Let me pray with you. Thanks for tuning in, those of you who are watching online. Thank you for being here tonight. Let me pray with you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are so grateful that you are indeed good all the time. And you are kind all the time. We're grateful that you've given us your word. Remind us this week that kindness is what we feel in our heart, but goodness is what we do with our hands. And in those times when we're 
reluctant to do those things or to express that in those times, Lord, when, when we're under pressure and we lean into our flesh. You just remind us of the Holy Spirit that lives within us. And Holy Spirit, we just want to live in such a way that you have control. We want to live in such a way that you are honored and welcomed in our lives. So we pray that throughout this week, that the kindness and goodness of God will be evident in us. In the way we live our life. May we be perhaps an encourager to somebody this week. And I pray that in Christ's name. Amen. All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate you being here. Any words or questions? We're off the air now.